Now at 5, congressional delegates heading to the border, a preview of tomorrow's visit as a threatening Department of Justice deadline approaches. Plus, the countdown is on to the Iowa caucus, where the polls stand just two weeks before Iowans choose their GOP nominee. And a list of Jeffrey Epstein's associates set to be released this week. The major political figure listed more than once. But first, a gloomy, rainy start to most people's first day back at work for the new year. And it's a chilly start, too. Definitely not a good day to be outside. Hopefully you're <laughs> home and cozy right now, but this rain is very much needed. Yes, it is. And, you know, we're starting off 2024 here with a bank. Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans is back with us. It really is sweater weather out there it today. It is. Better to be inside. But mm -hmm. as you said, we really do need the rain. It's just a shame when it comes during evening rush hour. Let me get you through it here on our radar. You can see this big shield of moderate to even heavy rain with some embedded thunderstorms from Llano and Burnett counties into Austin and some of our eastern counties as well. If you don't have rain right now, it's probably still coming, so don't worry. Here in Austin, look at this solid shield of rain with the yellows and reds showing the heaviest of downpours. If we zoom into Austin, you can see this yellow, orange, and red stripe from River Hills 2222 and 360 out toward north central Austin. Even a couple lightning strikes in the past 10 minutes in northwest Austin. Remember to stay indoors when there's lightning or thunder nearby. Kind of a rotten rush hour out there. I-35 slowing down with a bit of a cold breeze in Round Rock. Whittlesea Landscape Supply Cam looking wet. And look at the temperatures. 42 in Mason and San Saba. Upper 40s in Austin and Georgetown. Coming up in your forecast, updated rainfall totals, where we've seen the heaviest and how much is still to come. Couple more storms on the way during what's going to be a chilly first week of 2024. All right, David, thank you very much. Well, tomorrow, U.S. House Speaker Mike Johnson and 60 other congressional Republicans will head to Eagle Pass after record-breaking migrant encounters in December. And as our Monica Madden reports, it comes on a deadline from the Department of Justice threatening to sue Texas over a new law state Republicans say is necessary to help address this problem. Speaker Mike Johnson and congressional Republicans are heading to Texas Wednesday to tour the border in Eagle Pass. It comes after record highs in December when Border Patrol encountered more than 300,000 migrants, 71,000 of those in the Del Rio sector. The speaker needs to talk to the Border Patrol, the agents, the men and women down there working day in and day out. Former acting DHS Secretary Chad Wolf outlined his hopes for the trip. Really asking the individuals, the boots on the ground down there, what's most effective to secure that border. And I think if he does that, and the other members of the delegation do that, they'll come back to D.C. with a, a number of ideas. Speaker Johnson is calling on President Biden to take executive action on restarting border wall construction, ending so-called catch and release policy, and reinstating Trump's remain in Mexico. The administration needs to be honest with the American people and say there are things that we can do now to help secure the border before new legislation is passed. Because Texas Democratic Congressman Henry Cuellar agrees the White House is not doing enough. I understand the frustration. I'm frustrated also. He doesn't support all of Republicans' demands, but believes they can agree on solutions, like raising the qualifications for asylum seekers. They go in front of a judge, 87% are going to be rejected. So why are we allowing so many people in when most of them are going to be rejected, detain people, give them their day in court quickly, and then deport the ones that don't qualify. Leaders on both sides hoping the trip will inspire real progress. Listen to the border communities and listen to solutions that are practical. Monica Madden, KXAN News. 
The Department of Justice says it plans to sue Texas over its new law that allows state police to arrest and order migrants to return to Mexico on suspicion of illegal entry. Now, the department says they will file suit if Governor Abbott orders authorities not to enforce the law by tomorrow. Abbott has welcomed those legal challenges. And going in depth on this, officials say four migrant buses arrived at the Secaucus, New Jersey train station this weekend before heading into New York City, and the buses were from Texas. New York Mayor Eric Adams' new executive order requires bus companies provide 32 hours notice, and the buses are only allowed to arrive in New York City during prime morning hours. Advocates say the executive order isn't really slowing the crisis, it's actually making it worse. And the mayor of Secaucus says the requirements are resulting in unexpected consequences and happening to avoid those restrictions. Just two weeks from today, the 2024 Republican presidential candidates will know who Iowans chose to be their nominee. The first political caucus of the year is coming up. It's scheduled for January 15th. And the candidates are racing to grab those last undecided votes. NBC's Susan McGinnis has the latest on the polls. I think half the job of the next U.S. president is... The countdown is on for Republican presidential hopefuls with the critical Iowa caucuses on January 15th. We want to see the candidates just to reassure ourselves, and we take this seriously. With just two weeks to go, candidates are spending big, blanketing Iowa with more than $100 million in ads so far this year. Ron DeSantis is lying because he's losing. Making their final pitches, looking to stand out in a crowded field. I'm the only one running on your issues. It's going to take yes an outsider with sharp elbows, willing to break things when necessary. If you are willing to caucus for me, I would forever be grateful. Despite pulling out all the stops, former President Trump continues to lead by wide margins while also battling multiple indictments. The poll numbers are scary because we're leading by so much. It would be a historic upset if anybody other than Donald Trump won. Right. Um, but they're not taking anything for granted because I think they, again, um, understand how this works now. Trump's competition taking heat for not taking him on. These candidates are failing to really draw a contrast between them and uh, Mr. Trump in a way that is really resonant, that would have resonance with voters right now. The final few making a final push, hoping to take on an incumbent vowing to win a second term. Susan McGinnis, NBC News. A list of Jeffrey Epstein's associates is expected to be released sometime this week. New charges are unlikely against the public figures on that list, but the impact to their reputations is what could be damaging. According to News Nation, former President Bill Clinton is believed to be one of the people named in the redacted filings. Reports say he's named more than 50 times because of efforts to subpoena Clinton for deposition testimony about his relationship with Epstein. The documents come from a settled civil lawsuit Virginia Guffrey filed against British socialite Ghislaine Maxwell in 2015. Guffrey claims Epstein and Maxwell pressured her as a teenager into sexual encounters with famous figures like Prince Andrew. Now, Prince Andrew denies those allegations. A federal judge last month ordered these documents be unsealed as part of the civil lawsuit against her. Prosecutors say Maxwell helped Epstein sexually abuse teenage girls for decades. And last year, she was sentenced to 20 years in prison on sex trafficking charges. Epstein took his own life in 2019 while in federal custody as he awaited trial on sex trafficking charges. A 10-year-old boy shot and killed by another boy his age. 
where this happened and how the boy got the gun. And a new phase in the war between Israel and Hamas. The tensions rising between the U.S. and Iran and why Israel is moving some of its troops. Plus, a local emergency room now closed. The concern over little notice and what the loss of the facility means for the community. A 53-year-old father of a 10-year-old boy in California is now facing charges after his son shot and killed another 10-year-old boy. The Sacramento Sheriff's Office says 10-year-old Keith K.J. Frierson was shot and killed by a boy his age. On Saturday afternoon, authorities say the boy was ordered by his father to grab cigarettes from the car. Instead, police say that boy grabbed his dad's gun bragging that he had it before taking aim at KJ and pulling the trigger. KJ was pronounced dead at the hospital. Officials say the gun was reported stolen in 2017 and that after the shooting, the boy's father allegedly tried to get rid of the firearm by dumping it in the trash. Now, the father was arrested on possession of a firearm by a felon and child endangerment. He's being held on $500,000 bail. The 10-year-old little boy arrested on suspicion of murder is now detained at a youth detention facility. Well, to the war between Israel and Hamas now, and Israel's military launched new strikes against Gaza, while also announcing it will begin withdrawing troops in the coming days. Now, this comes amid growing tensions between the United States and Iran in the Red Sea. Iran had supported Yemeni rebels attacking ships in the Red Sea, but is now deploying a warship there for the first time since the latest conflict began. The U.S. Navy is confronting those rebels. American helicopters killed 10 fighters and sank three of their ships. And now Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has taken a direct political hit. The country's Supreme Court shot down his signature legislation. That's a law designed to limit the court's own power. Months before the war, Netanyahu's judicial overhaul bill had divided Israel and inspired weeks of often violent protests. Ahead, the latest on the fiery plane crash in Japan, how one of those planes was scheduled to get aid to Japan earthquake victims. And you just lived through Austin's hottest year in recorded history. 2023 also a bit dry with rainfall about nine and a half inches short of what we would expect. The new year, though, starting off wet and chilly, 11 hundredths of an inch so far in town and counting. We'll have what to expect overnight and with two more storms coming in first warning weather. A local ER closed its doors indefinitely Friday afternoon. Emergency officials say it was with little notice to agencies potentially putting people at risk. KXAN's Mercedes Hernandez spoke with them to find out what happens now. On the door of the ER at the hospital at Westlake Medical Center is a note. As of Friday, December 29th at 8 p.m., the ER will close down. Emergency officials say they were some of the last to know about the department's closure. We had heard rumor from some of our EMS medical directors who had been told by crew members um, dropping off patients in the emergency department that there was a, an expectation of a closure that evening. Westlake Medical Center told us in a statement, as part of our ongoing restructuring efforts, we have made the difficult decision to close the emergency room for now. Douglas Havron is with the Capital Area of Texas Regional Advisory Council. They coordinate emergency response efforts across 11 counties. He says the council got the official word the ER was closing around the same time it stopped operations. We received that documentation around 6.42 p.m. that indicated that the facility had closed at 6 p.m. on December the 29th. We reached out to Austin Travis County EMS to find out if they were aware of the closure. A rep said on Friday afternoon, one of its ambulances was transporting a patient to the hospital, then found out the ER would be closing in just a few hours. 
Havron says instances like that are why notice matters. The process that we would prefer would be adequate notice to the public, adequate notice to our EMS partners, and adequate no notice to the other hospitals that might be absorbing that volume. Westlake Medical Center denied those claims, telling us, quote, we promptly informed all necessary agencies about this change and will maintain open communication on any further developments. In Austin, Mercedes Hernandez, KXAN News. And we have reached out to state hospital oversight agencies to find out how much notice was given to them before the ER's closure. We are waiting for their responses. And going in depth on this, Westlake Medical Center is mostly a basic receiving facility. So that means they take non-acute patients under the Alpha Charlie categories, which are patients who have non-life-threatening conditions and who don't require specialists. This is all according to the Austin Travis County Office of Medical Director System of Clinical Guidelines. Patients in the Delta or Echo categories, the two high Highest coding levels will need to be taken elsewhere. Well, a Japan Airlines passenger jet burst into flames this morning after a collision with a Japanese Coast Guard plane at Tokyo's Haneda Airport. Now, the moment of the collision was captured on video right there just after the airline touched down. Remarkably, all 379 passengers and crew on the jet escaped. The pilot of the Coast Guard plane also survived the crash. However, the other five crew members on board were killed. And we do have some videos showing the moments on the jetliner following the collision as the cabin began to fill with smoke. The passengers and crew used the emergency chutes to evacuate. And you can see the fire building as the passengers moved away from that area. Coming up next on NBC Nightly News, Tom Costello looks at the critical role of flight attendants in the evacuation process and shares his experience behind the scenes of flight attendant training. And that Coast Guard jet was scheduled to take supplies to the site of the earthquake in Japan. Authorities have confirmed at least 48 people were killed in the 7.6 magnitude quake. Hundreds of buildings turned to rubble. Many rail services and flights into the area have been suspended. Around 200 tremors have been detected since that earthquake first struck. That's according to the Japan Meteorological Agency. The agency also warns that more strong shocks could hit in the coming days. All right, checking in with David now. It's cold and gloomy out there, but it's nice to see that rain. It is nice. We're missing this for so much of 2023. So true. Hopefully this is a sign of what's to come in the new year. More drought relief. We're fingers crossed. Uh, outside tonight, it is chilly and it is damp. We're up here in the clouds on the Lorenz and Lorenz 360 cam. 50 degrees right now over in Westlake Hills. And look at the radar. It is lit up like a Christmas tree. Just a few light sprinkles out west and far east of Bastrop. But in the metro area and I-35 corridor, we've got this big train of moisture and even some elevated thunderstorms cold down here at the surface. But there's some energy up high in the sky from San Antonio to San Marcos all the way past Gerald and Georgetown. Some of the heaviest rain coming in waves right now to Austin. So I know rush hour probably not quite at full steam since it is only uh, January 2nd. But please be careful out there. The roads are going to be very slippery. I don't want you to get caught off guard uh, because it hasn't rained this hard at 5 p.m. in some time in Austin. Out to the west, we've got some solid rain on Highway 281, but just a few scattered spits of drizzle and sprinkles near Mason and Llano. Out to the east, we got a couple thunderstorms rolling north of 290, heading toward Rockdale and Milam County. Others still waiting on the rain on Highway 77 south of Giddings. In the Hill Country, this is great to see right in the Highland Lakes watershed. We've had 1.35 inches and counting in Marble Falls, almost an inch and a half in northeastern Gillespie County. Lighter totals near a half inch in Blanco, much lighter so far in Mason County. But in Austin, just at this hour, we have now topped an inch, at least on one or two rain.
rain gauges east of downtown. Uh, 0.58 so far just north of San Marcos, about a third of an inch west of Georgetown near Florence. In our eastern counties, many of us still waiting on the rain, but it will be coming nearly a half inch north of Bastrop, close to Elgin. Another benefit, not only drought relief and hopefully a little lake level boost, but pollen relief. Cedar had a big spike into the very high count over the weekend. Now it is high, which means it's plummeting. The falling rain actually takes the little grains of cedar out of the air and puts them temporarily in the ground. Cold air coming with this storm system, 39 up in Abilene, but no snow or sleet falling this time around. Just a cold rain from Austin to Dallas, westward toward Lubbock. This is the storm system, which is bringing us one round of rain. We've got another coming on Thursday night and Friday from this storm, and yet another coming next week from another guy way out in the Pacific. Let's walk through the first couple of rounds at least. Over the next couple of hours, cold rain is virtually guaranteed at times. Still a little stormy on and off through 6, 7, 8, 9 p.m. By 9 or 10, though, the heaviest rain shifts east of the hill country and eventually east of Austin. And overnight tonight, it's not beautiful out, but most of the rain shuts off. We've got clouds and a little light fog to start off your day tomorrow. This is going to be a chilly week, though. Even as rain pulls out tomorrow, clouds linger. It's a chilly and gray day. And on Thursday, it doesn't look much different. Widespread fog may slow you down on Thursday morning, a couple days from now. And we've got another kind of sun-free day with jacket weather all afternoon. Storm number two that I showed you out on the West Coast that pulls in here Thursday night with widespread but pretty light rain for most of us into early Friday morning. We may get some downpours east of I-35, but most of this is kind of overnight, Thursday night, Friday morning, and then it's out of here with pretty weather late Friday into the weekend. Hopefully these additional rounds of rain, though, bring you what's needed to climb our way slowly out of this drought, a half inch to an inch and a half more expected by Friday from Austin eastward, maybe some lighter totals uh, west of 35. Tonight's forecast, the rain slowly tapers off, some light fog, chilly temperatures at 43. Tomorrow, we don't have any rain in the forecast, but it's cold and it's gray, 55, with a north wind at 5 to 15. So today is round one. We'll get a little break. Here's round two, late Thursday and Friday. Gorgeous weather for the first full weekend of the new year this coming weekend. Then round three comes with another shot of rain early next week. We'll have some colder, windy sunshine next Tuesday behind that one. Well, bringing in the new year as a winner, a multi-million dollar winner. The people bringing home the big lotto bucks, even right here in Austin. Right now, how an exchange student in the U.S. became victim of a cyber kidnapping scam orchestrated overseas and how you can protect yourself. Also now paroled from prison, how notorious killer Gypsy Rose is striking new fame online on Nightly News. It was a life-changing start to the year for someone out of Michigan. The winning ticket from last night's $842 million Powerball jackpot drawing was sold at a convenience store in Grand Blank Township. The name of the winner? Not yet known. The jackpot has a lump sum cash value of over $425 million. And an HEB shopper right here in Austin topped off their 2024 in the best way possible, also becoming a millionaire. 34 million to be exact. It was sold at the HEB on Village Center Drive. The winning 
uh, the winner, I should say, opted for a cash value option. In the last month, two other winning lottery tickets worth more than a million bucks have been claimed here in Austin. Nice. All right. Well, coming up tonight on KXAN, it's Night Court at 7 o'clock, followed by Extended Family, and then America's Got Talent Fantasy League before we're back with KXAN News at 10. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin, and here is where to find us.